This is The Shift Podcast. The Shift Daily Podcast has Michael Lossier on it. Michael is the author of The Law of Attraction. He shares some words that if we take them out of our language, we attract more positivity in our life. We've got Elijah biking from Saskatoon to Vancouver. We check in with him and Vernon. Diane Francis gives us a heads up of inauguration, what we can expect. Plus, in case you missed it, a song about butter and stupid video game characters. All of this on The Shift Daily Podcast. Last week on The Shift, I introduced you to Michael Lossier, who's in Victoria, uh, proudly Canadian. And I can tell you right now, on our video call for this conversation, he is a West Coast British Columbia uh, Volkswagen bus t-shirt, which I love, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a big fan. It's West Coast style. Um, live in the West Coast lifestyle. It is. It's a beautiful thing. Um, here we are, Michael. I invited you to come back on the show after just insightful conversation last week. So thank you for accepting the invite. I look forward to creating something fantastic with you today. Um, it's great to see you. you. Um, I appreciate you being here. Okay, thank you. So we left off the conversation last week speaking about energy, vibration, positivity. I'll let you summarize that and just start with, we spoke about the the, the notion that there are some words in our lives that are misleading us that you would expose, I think, is a good word for all of us listening on how we can change. Because, hey, man, be more positive is kind of vague and hard to follow. So here is my goal. I am going to uh, teach you and everybody and remind myself that everything that we're giving attention to, whether we're watching it or listening to it or talking about it or writing it or reading it, whatever we give attention to, causes us to send the vibe or the feeling of that. That makes sense, right? If I'm reading a negative makes article, sense. I got a negative vibe. If I'm looking at some, right. my sales and my stats and I'm pretty excited, I'm sending a positive vibe. And right now, mm-hmm. you cannot not send one, and there's not one in the middle. So that means right now, everybody is sending a positive vibe or a negative vibe. That shouldn't be new to anybody. In other words, you're either in a good mood or a bad mood. We either have positive feelings or negative feelings. They all mean the same thing. So what about that? Why does that matter? Well, what matters is the, the energy around us. It's called law of attraction. Whether you like it or not, or believe it or not, or understand it or not, there's this energy that's responding to your vibe and giving you more of the same. And it's called the law of attraction. And the two-word job description of this law of attraction is match vibrations. You know, when I, was in, when I first moved to Victoria uh, about 25 years ago, I worked for the government. I had a 17-page job description. And the, the last wow. thing said, and anything else we want you to do, 17 pages. <laughs> the job description for law of attraction could fit on a postage stamp. It says match vibrations. So right now, you and I have a mood or a feeling It's either something positive or something negative. Okay, well, where does that come from? That came from what I was thinking about, and it included some words. So I might say, wow, am I ever excited? I got a really great new client today. Just by telling you that story, I'm using the words of a great new client. And when I'm talking about the great new client, I'm setting the vibration, what it felt like to have that great new client. Okay, let's talk about the opposite side. I want to complain to you because I had a client counsel today and I hate when they do that and it drives me crazy and it wastes my time. And just those words have created a negative vibration. And now I'm sending that. But here's the deal is that law of attraction is eavesdropping right now. 
and it's unfolding and orchestrating to bring you more of what you gave your attention, energy, and focus to. So if you're looking for a job interview or trying to find a boyfriend or girlfriend or more money or customers or clients, what is the story that you say? What are the words that you use to describe that? Oh, it's difficult and, and uh, nobody wants to hire me and I can't find any interviews and I never know what to say and I'm always nervous. I, that might be the reality. The reality means is what's realistic. What's realistic is you keep getting those results. And the reason you keep getting those results is because you keep setting the vibration. And the reason you keep setting the vibration because you keep telling the story. You see the loop we're in? I tell the story mm -hmm. about I can't get an interview and I complain about it and I send the vibration. And then when I go on the interview, the vibration gets matched. And then I come home when I tell you the story. And then I go to I hate when I can't get an interview.com and I tell 10 friends and I post it. The whole time, law of attraction is responding to how I feel about what I'm doing. Law of attraction doesn't know that I'm telling you or writing it or reading it or smelling it or observing it or remembering it. It's responding to how I feel. And with all due respect, it, the universe and law of attraction, isn't smart. It's obedient. So here's a question to everybody, and I'm going to soon tell you what you need to do to change that. If you're curious okay. and you're thinking, well, what's the vibe I'm sending about money? And what's the vibe I'm sending about a, getting a job or an interview or a client or a customer? What's the job I'm doing about just getting nice friends? What's the vibe? You can tell the vibe you're sending by what you're getting. It's a perfect match. So I have a quick question um, in twisting one of those things for clarity. So you had said about the client, one thing we go through is that negative cycle, which to me is evidence. When you get negative, you find more negative evidence and perpetuate the cycle yeah. of negativity. Right. Um, one of the things you says, I hate it when my clients do this. Um, you know, I hate it. I hate these kinds of clients, these kinds of people complain, complain. Yeah. Um, now, many people will tell themselves, oh, I'm standing up for myself. And that's how they feel like they're they're being positive in their mind, but they're not. So in that case of the client, is there a way or an example that occurs to you that you could say the difference between standing up for yourself positively when something bad happens um, and maybe an example of how standing up for yourself truly looks because standing up for yourself, as far as I know it, is not being negative about other people. So is there is there maybe an example you can provide there? Well, I'm going to introduce how to change that what because well here's the deal you can only have one thought at a time so you're either complaining okay. about what you don't want right and now i'm complaining it's just words i'm sending the vibration i might take a stand for that and stand up for that but while the, the energy doesn't know that i'm standing up for it or what i'm giving attention to or yeah, i'm okay. always at choice you know that's what responsibility means to me responsibility means my ability to respond so if negative mm. stuff happens to me, what's my response? What's my ability? Am I going to go to IHateMyLife.com and tell 10 people and complain to you and write letters? And am I going to protest within my website and blah? Am I just going to get, is that the response? Or am I going to reset my vibe? I get it. Okay. okay. And that's what totally. we're going to talk about today. Now, remember, this is important. Yeah. A lot of attraction doesn't have ears. It doesn't know that you're saying it or observing it on TV, or reading a letter, or looking at your bank account, or going to the job interview, or listening to your words, it's responding to how you feel. And there's three words in our vocabulary 
that cause us to give attention to what we don't want. I'm gonna say it respectfully, law of attraction is not smart, it's obedient. When I give something attention, it doesn't know if I want it or don't want it, or whether it's good or bad, or whether it's help. It's not very smart, it's obedient. Oh, Michael's giving attention to client counsel. What do we do with that? Like it's a factory worker. What do we do with that? Match it, match it. And there's three words. When you use these words, it causes you to give attention to what you don't want to give attention to. So here's everybody's homework between now and the rest of your life. If you've got a pen and paper safely, draw a circle the size of the golf ball and write these three words in it with the do not use symbol. You know, the no smoking symbol. I want you to burn this image. This could be the most important tool you will get to help you reset your vibes. Before I tell you what the words, if I can reset my vibe, in other words, if I can reset how I feel about something, guess what? Law of attraction is going to respond to the reset it vibe. Law of attraction doesn't have a memory of what the vibe I had 10 minutes ago. It's not smart. It's only responding to the new really set vibe. You're always at choice to reset the vibe when you catch yourself not having a positive vibe. And it's because of these three words. The first word is don't. The second word is not. That means N-O-T. The third word is only two letters long. No. Okay, let's do a little exercise. Those words aren't negative. I could say don't touch me. That's, that's not negative. But here's what happens. When I use the word don't, not, and no, I just gave attention to what I didn't want to give attention to. So if I say, oh, I don't want to bomb on the job interview, I don't want it to be difficult, I don't want to be asked any trick questions, so what you gave attention to was bombing, uh, not having a good interview, bombing on the questions. And if you're really not sure what I'm talking about, go to Google and type in, I don't want to be rejected and see what shows up articles and videos, or, or you're not even sure, go type in no football and see what shows up. You see, Google strips the way the words don't, not, and no, and it brings you what you said you didn't want. Go type in no football. It's not going to show you hockey. It's going to show you football. So when you tell, when you give the energy, oh, I don't want my clients to cancel, you just gave attention to canceling clients. Listen, law of attraction isn't responding to the words. It's responding to how you feel about the words. So here's your homework for now and the rest of your life is every time you use the word don't, not, and no, you have to press the reset button. And when you reset the words, you reset the vibe. When you reset the vibe, you reset the results. And here is the reset button. It's this sentence. So what do I want? Let's try that out. Oh, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to bomb at the interview. And then you're going to hear my voice say, oh, what do you want? Oh, you know what? I'd like the interview to go well. Well, guess what? The words changed. Mm-hmm. And when the words change, the thoughts change. And now I'm giving attention to it going well. And then a little voice says, oh, but you didn't do good last time. And say, OK, what do I? It's reset, reset, reset. I hear that with my kids. Here's an easy one for anyone who's been a parent. <laughs> Don't slam the door. Don't spill your mouth. Then the reset would be, so what do I want? Yeah. I want my kids to respect my neighbors because I'm in a townhouse and I want my kids to close the door quietly. And that, so that's, yeah. I want, it's that simple. I, kids, I want you to close the door quietly, right. please. Okay. 
That feels good too, actually. Yeah, when you say it does. That. And you're, you're trained the behavior around that. It's, you know, uh, you know everything. Uh, business people don't hesitate to contact me. So what do right. I want? Well, contact me this week. You know? Well, hesitate to contact me is what people would hear, really. Right? I love this one. This is not a scam. It's like, oh, I didn't think it was a scam until you brought it up. Right? <laughs> or when your doctor says, this won't hurt. You're thinking, well, I didn't right. think it was going to hurt until you suggested it. You know, mm. people that talk about what they don't want actually give attention to that matter. So when I say I don't want this to be violent, I don't want to have bad behavior, I don't want the, this, I don't want to be rejected, I don't want to have this and that. When you say those words, you actually give it attention. And the universe isn't smart. It will unfold and orchestrate to whatever needs to happen to bring you more of what you said you didn't want. And then when that thing shows up, you'll point at it and say, that's exactly what I said I didn't want. I've been saying all week I didn't want that. You know, I know our listeners are nodding their head thinking, oh, I do that all the time. I catch myself saying, <laughs> I, do that I told you time. that. <laughs> I told you that was going to happen. Well, guess what? You were right. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that the truth, though? The righteousness part. And then we somehow seem to get all righteous in it and go, well, I was right all along. Look at me. Here's my evidence. Right. I knew they would screw right. it up. How many times have we said right. that? Well, I have another word to introduce that'll, that'll conquer this. The word is accountability. You know, I like to slice and dice words, right? There's two words buried within the word accountability. One is account, the other is ability. So a- accountability is your ability to account for why you're attracting what you're attracting. I'll say that again. I have the ability to account for, in other words, when I get a great parking space, do you think I have the ability to account for how I attracted it? Oh, I'll tell you that. Hey, this is here because of me. I always get, I'll brag about that parking space. I'll, if I'm in someone's car, I'll say, we've got this because of me. So I have the ability to account for, but what about when the crappy stuff shows up? Guess what? Mm-hmm. You still have the same ability. That's your fault. You can say, Ooh, this is sure ugly. Why is this happening to me? And now you know everything's happening to you because of your vibration. You don't have to like it, but you have to take accountability. The reason why I'm not doing good on the interview, the reason why I'm not getting customers or clients or and so on and so on, it's not because of anything else but my vibration. I don't like it, but that's the, re- that's the truth. It's a beautiful perspective. And, you know, I mean, how many times have we thrown around cliches like the glass is half full, the glass is half empty, and perspectives like that as being these throwaway moments where we could realize, well, wait a second, who filled up the glass, um, right? And I think that that's kind of a nice, simple way. I really like this this one thing that you said, and I, I is that no football won't show you hockey. And if you go to Google as an example, like you said, that – if you even typed in, um, show me a sport that's better than football, you're going to get options then. Well, because somebody is because a, you're not being negative. Type that question in, but Google isn't. Yeah. You know, Google's matching words, right? Yeah. You know, I got a quick little story. I had a, a, a girlfriend of mine that wanted to. She was going on a dating site and put all the, she spent hours, I mean, hours being so articulate. She got me to double check it. Is this right? Is this right? And I said, yes, she wasn't using any, anything that she shouldn't have been using. And I, the very last box of this three hour template she filled out was a free form box. And she lives here in Victoria. 
it's I call it the capping capital of you know BC on the island. So she doesn't like that. She <laughs> likes hotels and five star. But the little comment box at the bottom. Anything else you want us to know? You know what she wrote? No campers. That's what she wrote. No campers. So guess what she gave attention to? So the dating campers. site scanned all of the other men and found the men that had the word campers in their profile because they didn't know no campers meant no campers. They're matching words. So all these people that were, all these men that were interested were, oh, campers, campers on Vancouver Island, campers do it better. And I love to camp 21 days a month. Yep. And it was so funny. She was so ticked off about that. And I thought, well, why did it do that? And then we looked at it and she told me, she said, well, I said no campers. So. Well, and then you get all the campers who want to be righteous, convince you that you're wrong, <laughs> and then they want to tell you that camping is amazing. So I can see how that is just a magnet for all kinds of amazing things. The Law of Attraction book, Michael Lossier, uh, is available for you. And uh, just Google Michael Lossier, Victoria, Oprah, Law of Attraction, whatever yeah. you want. Uh, don't Google no football. You won't find Michael <laughs> Lossier. And... Um, and you can connect with them there. I love the conversation, Michael. Thank you for being so generous uh, with uh, the knowledge and experience with everybody. Please come back and share more when you're inspired to do so. I know you've got lots of things on the go. So I would like to uh, invite that uh, to be part of it more whenever you're ready to do it. I love it. And on the show, we love to just be positive and honest and direct and, and get right into it. And I think you've given us a little bit more of that. So thank you. I do have a quick subject that I think will be a really good topic for our friends. And it is why affirmations don't work for people. It is such okay. an overspent industry on affirmations. And I'm going to explain why they don't work and how they can another date. This is the shift podcast. Good news from our buddy, Elijah. Elijah Pitscalny is riding his bike across Western Canada, and it's an amazing story. We wanted to check in and see how he's doing because uh, it's it's absolutely it's amazing. This guy blows my mind. I want to tell him. Let's get started here. Elijah, how are you? Hello, Shane. I'm doing awesome. Welcome, uh, welcome back to cell service. By the way. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I don't even notice. I mean, I just ride and town to town. Cell service to me is not as important as grocery stores. Do you um do you listen to music when you're riding through all this, or do you have to keep the music off to, for the safety stuff? Yeah, I mean, safety-wise, it's good to be listening to the traffic and paying attention. But honestly, if I had infinite access to electricity, music would be on a lot of the time. But yeah. I don't, so yeah. I just whistle and, I don't know, sing, talk to myself most of the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How's that conversation going? You getting any arguments? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of arguments. I mean, most of us have arguments, but once you put them verbally, you start to learn a lot about who you're arguing with. Yeah, isn't that the truth, hey? Um, definitely <laughs> some time for some self-reflection while you're riding your bicycle through the Rocky Mountains. So you're, you're through the Rockies now. You're in Vernon officially. I'm really curious, how was Rogers Pass? That one picture of camping looked like there was a lot of snow <laughs> up top. Yeah, it was interesting. It's kind of crazy. I was there up there yesterday morning. So I feel like it was so far ago. It's so, I don't know, so long ago, but yet just yesterday morning, I was at the top camping there. And it was good. I mean, I got really lucky with snow actually for most of my way up. And then it started to get really snowy as I was getting to the top. So then I just tried to bomb down as much as I, as I could and then had to make camp before it was too late. And yeah, there was a lot of snow. Everything is soaked. Like all my stuff is just wet. It's either damp or sopping wet. So 
how was I'm so curious because I mean I've driven that road so many times. How was the ride down? Was that white knuckle or how does that work on a bicycle in the winter? Yeah, yeah, I was kind of yeah white knuckle. It was a little crazy, but it was good. I mean, I just usually a ride. There's you know following the tracks, just riding in the driest path, and then when traffic is coming behind me, I just kind of slow down, pull over into the shoulder. The shoulder had not actually too much snow. And it was pretty, once it's smooth, fresh snow, it's pretty easy to ride through. So I just kind of zigzag back and forth and slowly make my way down. Wow. So the road from Revelstoke through Sycamus and uh, mm-hmm. all the way down to Vernon, I mean, that's not a wide road either. Like the road from Sycamus to Vernon, that's pretty skinny at yeah. times. How did that go? Because I, I used to have a place bad. out Swansea Point there. That one, yeah, they haven't had much snow this year. I mean, not a lot. Most people haven't had snow this year, so shoulders were were fine. But yeah, Sycamus to Vernon was very precarious. I left very late. Why? Well, I started early, but I was out in Three Valley Gap this morning, mm-hmm. and so I left Sycamus quite late at one p.m. with some pretty crazy bicycle troubles. Uh, I have like I had eight broken spokes or something, and it totally obliterated a wheel. So it was kind of a gamble trying to make it to Vernon. And then on top of that, yeah, traffic is just nuts. Everyone's in a rush. And it was 4 p.m. Everyone's trying to get home. And so I, I somehow rolled in. I mean, actually, the bike became unrideable for the last few kilometers. And I pushed for maybe an hour. Uh, thankfully, it was pushable still. And I walked into Vernon and Dark. So what's next? You got to repair the tire. You'd also posted on your Twitter account that you were struggling with the clamp for your tra- uh, for, for the back end of the bike. Or how was that? Yeah, the, the rack too. I don't know. Some bolts popped out, and I somehow didn't notice that. So I, I've currently got a pretty cool, secure shoelace set up. <laughs> but uh, more importantly, is the wheel. Once I can get that fixed, then I can worry about the rack. I think I'll just have to get the entire wheel replaced. Ideally, they have something in Vernon, which was the closest place to a bike shop when I was in Sycamus. There was one in Salmon Arm, but only one. So I wanted to try to increase my chances of getting what I need. Well, we got lots of friends in Vernon if you get stuck and you need help. So do please do let us know. Um, Elijah awesome. is uh, raising awareness and fundraising at the same time. If you go to GoFundMe.com and you search Cycle to Stop the Harm, or if you just Google uh, Cycle to Stop the Harm with Elijah, you're going to find it um, on his Twitter account too. There are links too. And we've got ours set up for you on the Shift Canada Twitter accounts or just reach out to us. We'll send you the link. It's that simple. So the fundraising goes quite well. Have you checked in on it? Yeah, I was just looking in at it, and yeah, it's going really well. I feel, I feel like it's been sort of proportionate to my my distance. Um, I think I'm I'm close to halfway now, kilometer wise, and that's just over half fundraising wise. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm really yeah, happy and it, that people are engaged. They are engaged, and it was really kind of cool because it was kind of like as you every sort of next segment you went it's sort of been bumping up the same so uh fundraising to distribute uh in uh, evenly through a group bunch of different groups moms stop the harm canadian drug policy coalition and others so you can check it out on cycle to stop the harm on gofundme it's easy to find so what's next now are you taking the day in vernon to dry out and repair and then you're going to roll on and which way are you going to vancouver from vernon I would. I was trying to get to Kelowna to do this, but I think I'll have to do a year. Uh, I'll see if I can get the wheel fixed tomorrow and make it to Kelowna tomorrow as well. Otherwise, yeah, I just keep riding. 
one of these days my legs really need to stop riding. Most of my rest days still involve riding around and doing chores. So my knees asking very kindly or maybe begging desperately for, <laughs> for some time to just stretch. But uh, otherwise, I'll keep heading south and I'll eventually cross to the crow's nest is the plan instead of Coquihalla. And then it's, then it's home free. Well, the uh, the Coquihalla uh, would be difficult. There'd be a lot of room, but then the speed is so fast. And uh, mm-hmm. not to mention, that would be one hell of a last downhill into hope. My God, can you imagine the winter on a bicycle? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it was pretty tempting, but the biggest, I don't know, reason I didn't want to do it was, was the, the distance, 150 kilometers. I think it's a long stretch without any civilization if things get you know, pretty bad stormy weather. So just to play it safe, of course, there's plenty of people on the road, but things can get closed for avalanches and storms. So to play it safe, I'm heading south and I'm going to cross over there. So is it going to be highway three that you're going to take across? Is that how it works? I, I think that's been the one, if that's the crow's nest, I think so. I, yeah, I believe the, so. The um, I'm not quite sure. I, I mean, I've driven it so long ago, but mostly uh, the Coquihalla. <laughs> so that would be the, the way that most people would know. Well, I tell you what, I mean, yeah. it's going to be uh, white knuckling for the next little bit. Um, <laughs> if you get a rest day tomorrow, are you going to just take that rest day and then just chill out for a day or two, or are you just going to push forward? It's a, it's tough to say. I think my body really wants me to sit for two days straight without cycling, uh, but I just feel so good and have so much energy, and I just want to keep riding. So I don't know. I keep I keep thinking that I'll stop, and like in Camor, I thought I'd stop. Somewhere else, I thought I'd stop, and then after one day of doing chores, I'm like, oh, that's enough. Let's keep going. So I'm not really sure what wow. my body's going to do. That's remarkable, man. I admire your energy. I admire your positivity, your discipline, determination. There's so many words that I think um, don't quite even Crazy measure it? up to the level of how hard you're working. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is just, this is how I can work hard. So I thought I could do this. Yeah, it's great. If you go to GoFundMe.com, Cycle to Stop the Harm, if the donation is right for you, do that. Elijah Piscalny is uh, riding his bicycle in the winter, um, even with broken spokes and all the other things going wrong, from Saskatoon to Vancouver. Do you have an ETA in Vancouver? Um, I'm shooting for January 31st. Yep. is the plan. Uh, I lost several days from the wind, uh, way too many days than I was hoping. But so I don't know. That's kind of why I'm pushing pretty hard. But I don't. I don't need to get there for the 31st. But I just such a nice number, you know, full month on the road. Yeah, seems like a, a good way to celebrate. All right. Thanks so much for the time. We'll check in in a couple of days. Okay. Please be safe. Okay. Take care, Shane. It's the Shift Podcast. So here we are, Inauguration Day, well, morning of Inauguration Day, and we are looking at what's going on in the States, kind of, I think there's a light of hope, and yet a little bit of caution as Canadians. You write about American things a couple times a week consistently. What do you see? Well, you know, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's very sad. Uh, and, you know, they made a mistake. They elected a goofball, a known hustler from New York City who lied about everything or hid everything. And he was in the White House for four years. He did a lot of damage. And he 
realized very quickly because he's a hustler that he could he could ignite a very nasty base of discontent people in the United States, some of whom are very dangerous, as we now know, to keep his competitors at bay or keep his critics at bay. And, you know, this escalated and escalated as he got more and more desperate, particularly after he lost the election and pretended and lied about not losing. Uh, and it culminated in the riot. And so it's just awful. I think I think Americans are going to have to go through and the world. I mean, we've all we've all been bombarded by this guy. You know, I don't know if you've ever been a house guest somewhere where they had this horrible child who dominated attention through tantrums. And, you know, once you finally left their their house, you just felt relieved. And I think that's how people are going to feel relieved. This guy was exhausting. Uh, he was exhausting. There's no denying that. And I, I think that that's a really great way to describe it. Like, man, this guy is absolutely exhausting. Are you surprised by the potential parade exit versus the um, traditional participate and handoff during the inauguration? Well, this man has no class. He has no manners. He's not, he's, he has, you know, he has no... Uh, respect for traditions or norms or other people. Um, I thought his niece's book was tremendous, uh, really lays out the case. She's a psychologist. She knows what she's talking about. He's a sociopath narcissist. I mean, he's, he's medically a problem. And yet, you know, he could, he was a very functioning sociopath and he parlayed all of this into the most important job and profile on the planet. And, you know, that's that's kind of scary. And there was a collection of people that enabled this through indifference, stupidity or because they were co-opted by him or enthralled by him. And, you know, the Americans are now out from under it. Thank goodness. And I think the new guy is Biden. I have a lot of time for I'm not a Democrat or a Republican, I'm an American, but I've, I have voted in the past for both parties. But I don't even recognize the Republican Party anymore. Um, and, and, you know, Joe Biden is a decent, classy human being. And, you know, I, we've got to hope that he's going to do, uh, do a better job. And I think he will. Well, there seems to be a war inside the Republican Party now. And I don't think that's going to bode well in the long run. I know in Canada, I mean, we've seen the effects of a split on the conservative end of, of the scale and, and the impact of all of that. So, what about Joe Biden? I mean, the the knock this week, of course, is the Keystone XL pipeline right away out of the gate. So that doesn't bode well for Canadians. But at the same time, nobody should be surprised. Alberta shouldn't be surprised that their their potential investment is going to go bad because the reality is, is he foreshadowed that. Frankly, he bold-faced it in his preface of his book that he's writing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's the, the optics on a, on a, on a gigantic uh, oil pro pipeline project like that uh, were impossible to ignore. And so I think he, he, he will do that. However, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And there are, you know, hundreds of pipelines that cross the border that can be enlarged. And, you know, pipe, you know oil will still get through from Canada to the United States. It just won't be this gigantic uh, pipeline, it looks like. And remember, it was resurrected. It was canceled by Obama five years ago mm -hmm. or six years ago. And it was, it was, uh, it was um, uh, resurrected most recently. 
and you know they've greenified it they've tried to come up with cleaner ways to do the transport the oil but the optics for keystone is just too great so we'll have to do it through back doors is there any hidden surprises that you see coming out here, Diane, or is this just sort of the letting the air out of the very stretched balloon of the last four years? Well, I, I think that what's going to be interesting is we're going to see, to use a, a, a business term, we're going to see the unbundling of the Republican Party. In other words, the Republican Party became, certainly under Trump, if not a little bit before, an amalgamation of a lot of different uh, bases of support. And uh, the crazies are in there now, a lot of them, but they're not dominant. And they're driving out the moderates. You see a huge shift among the more reasonable moderates. So I think the Romney Republicans and the, Ch the Liz Cheney type Republicans uh, may end up with just a number of a party. And I think that party may be unbundled into many other other categories. And every time down the road, one of these crazy, wacko, white supremacy or far right or neo-Nazi groups has an uprising or kills people, and they do. They've killed about 400 people in the last four years, according to statistics. That'll reflect badly on the Republicans and drive them more toward middle and maybe even into the Democratic fold. So the Democrats, on the other hand, too, have a big tent, and they've got very left-wing people, and they've got these moderates coming in from 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 the Republicans and from independents. So it'll be interesting, but I think that the United States has, has I think what Trump has done by igniting this scary, quite large underclass of discontents is he has shifted the United States a couple of notches to the left, not to the left holist bolus, but to the left. The United States now, in my opinion, as benefits occur to people accrue to people from the Biden administration, whether it's health care or stimulus money or, you know, worker benefits and that sort of thing. As those things wash through in the next few years, you're going to see the United States moving more in step with Europe and Canada toward more of a social democracy than now. Right now, it's just it's like Brazil. I mean, it's rich and poor, gated communities, armed guards, security officials everywhere. It's not sustainable. And so the United States, I think, is, is permanently on a new trajectory. So you've written a lot about those kinds of things like, you know, Brazil and different oligarchs and, you know, I, what is the way that was like anti-corruption kind of exposing things? Did this whole scenario start to get really stinky in your eyes as you could see the way the relationships were unfolding while Trump was president? Well, uh, when Trump was uh, elected, um, I wrote a piece uh, and, you know, I, I said very often on radio, he was a money launderer. He is a money launderer. And, you know, that people didn't understand that is quite surprising. Now, you got to understand, I lived part-time in New York City. And, and Donald Trump has been a punchline in New York City for 20 years. Everybody knows what a, what a slime ball he is. And so he did money, major money laundering in his casinos in Atlantic City. He did major money laundering, taking cash from Russian oligarchs to buy his condos. I mean, this guy is so, was so tainted. And Bloomberg you know, warned everybody. 
And everybody thought, no, it can't be. You know, we know the guy from the TV is a big shot tycoon, you know. And so I saw it right away. A lot of people knew it. And I was the first person in the U.S. media to explain that Paul Manafort, who was in jail, not out of, now out of jail, but anyway, he was Trump's campaign chairman who helped get him the nomination, had worked for one of the most odious oligarchs connected to Russia in Ukraine. And so I expose that. But, you know, you can only do what you can do. And I think that Trump was so good, like this tantrum-giving brat that I described in the beginning as a metaphor, so good at distraction, even through his bad behavior, that, that the media was just chasing all this other stuff, these distractions all the time. And, you know, there were really never any terrific investigative projects mounted by the U.S. media, uh, 60 Minutes or any of them, to really expose the dark side of Mr. Trump. Well, and it's possible they didn't want to, right? Pardon? It's possible they didn't want to. The reality was, is as much as they said that they hated him, um, it was a ratings juggernaut to hate him. So why would you expose the guy that's making you money? So there is some possible well, hypocrisy but, there. But ra- ra- absolutely. But ratings, I'm not talking about ratings. I'm talking about print investigative journalism. Oh, I'm right. talking about that. They dropped the ball. Whereas, and of course, there's no money for that anymore because social media has ruined all the newspapers. So it's all of a piece. But the point is, yeah, oh, TV? I mean, Fox Fox was, uh, Fox was should be taken off the air, should have been taken off the air. I would see regularly uh, transgressions of FCC regulations uh, being, being, be, being t- said on Fox all the time, and they were never brought to heel. They weren't. Um, your picture that you shared on the Twitter of... Uh, Putin stealing the lectern from the Capitol. Um, someone superimposed Putin's head on that guy with the Tukes body. That's pretty funny, by the way. It does make me uh, remind me uh, of your newsletter because you've been doing this American corruption thing newsletter uh, for quite some time. Are you going to keep that up after all of this is done? Well, actually, I haven't. I, I just started a, a new idea. I mean, I've been writing in the U.S. here and there about about corruption and stuff, but. What I've started, and thanks for mentioning it, because I need I need people to follow me. Uh, the new publishing model, a lot of writers are going into a platform called Substack. Substack, funny name, Substack. And, you know, really important writers like Glenn Greenwald and Andrew Sullivan and Bill Crystal, And they're going onto this platform. So I'm on this platform now to write exclusively about American stuff. It's a it's my newsletter on uh, money, uh, power, money, uh, tech and crime in America. I write about this in my my columns, my syndicated columns across Canada. But I can't I don't devote myself to that. But but this is going to be completely devoted to the American stuff, which Canadians are interested in. But we're also interested in what's going on here. And I, I, I realize that. So it's twice a week. And you can sign up for free. And the idea is to get a lot of followers and then convert them eventually to a small subscription model. Um, This seems to be the future. And some people are doing very well. I started this. I've only posted two. um, And and the link to it is on my Twitter. It's on my LinkedIn profile. And it's also at the bottom of my financial post column. And people can take a look at it and see what it is. I've only done two. 
but it kind of, I take a completely different angle than anybody in the media in the United States does about America. It's dianefrancis.substack.com, and you very naturally led me to my next question with the prospect of an election in Canada in the next six to eight, 12 weeks, maybe. Uh, how's the impact of all this American stuff on us back home? Well, look, look, you know, I mean, I wrote a kind of a cheeky column uh, in, in the across Canada this week uh, where I said, you know, I quoted the Robin Williams, the late comedian who I love his line about Canada, that Canada was a really nice apartment on top of a meth lab. And, you know, I mean, the point is what crazy stuff they get up to. We're fascinated with it, but, you know, it will wash over on us because, you know, when they start to crack down on a lot of this violence in these groups, some of whom have a lot of Canadian members in it, um, we're going to get this stuff washing across the border. It's going to affect us. They're going to flee up here and that kind of thing. So, you know, the crackdown is going to happen. And it's, of course, it affects Canada. Um, and and I think, though, uh, you know, we're so connected that uh we're watching. We're we're okay. Um, one thing that I'm very concerned about, which is what I've written my column, my latest column across the country and in the Financial Post about, is how Trudeau has dropped the ball on COVID vaccinations. I mean, we are just uh, nowhere. Uh, we have good public health. Our provinces have done a great job, but we don't have any vaccinations happening. I mean, Israel's got everybody vaccinated. So I suggested we bring in the Israelis. Now, where the U.S. is going to affect us is that Joe Biden is going to inoculate between 50 and 100 million people in the first 100 days of his of his regime. And because we've dropped the ball already, that's going to mean even more delays for Canadians. Yeah, totally. We can't, I, uh... we, can't get, we can't get vaccinations. I have wealthy friends who've chartered planes because you can go fly down and book uh, an appointment in one of five hospitals in Florida and get the vaccine. Yeah. Even as a snowbird, just walk in, get it. They don't care. Give it to you. Nope. Yeah. Pay for it. But, and you wait hours apparently, but you know, the point is they're trying to prop up their, their disastrous tourism problem, but, but you know, it, it shouldn't be. And Canadians are going to be in second place for this stuff because our prime minister doesn't know what he's doing. Does all of the, crazy in the Republican Party down in America affect the Conservative Party in Canada in the next three to six months? Is there going to be a hangover uh, in the conservative voting world, you think, if we go to an election? I am so glad you asked that question. A lot of Canadians, including myself, some of the policies that Trump trotted out, I didn't disagree with, okay? But, you know, it was a looney tune and, and the whole direction was very scary. But what you've got, and I want to make this very clear to people, is that, and I've said this, in, I'm a Canadian conservative, small c. I like the Reform Party. I like the Conservative Party. I like what we stand for. I'm not a member. I can't be a member. In the United States, I am left of the Democrats in terms of policies. A Canadian conservative is left of the Democrats. Hmm. I mean, we like our health care. We don't want to dismantle our health care. You know, we don't do the crazy things that and there's no Republicans in Canada. There's no such thing as a Republican. And so I think that's very important for people to understand that you could, that a conservative in Canada is a pretty socially liberal person and pretty liberal in, in an American context. The border makes all the difference. 
So our parties, our conservatives here are Canadian conservatives. They are not Republicans. Diane Francis, editor-at-large with the Financial Post, uh, Post Media. You can check all our articles. Again, it's Francis at uh, .substack.com if you want to get on that mailing list. And not only all of those jobs, I know Diane is Eric's mom, who is a very smart, handsome man who is a great dad. So um, thanks for all your hard work with, uh, with Eric, because I appreciate that every time I talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your input today, Diane. Okay, thank you. Great questions. Enjoyed it. Anytime. This is the Shift Podcast. You can send in your text messages, including this one that came in. It said this, and it is literally typed out phonetically for me to speak it this way. So I will read it. Ryan, this message is for you. My best friend and I had an awesome conversation about Lego and Bond. The best part, we had no idea we were both listening to the same show every night from two different towns in Alberta. By the way, I'm a huge Lego collector. How cool is that? Amazing. I, I mean, the if that's that, that text just made my entire day. Uh, please send me pictures of your Lego collection because nothing makes me happier than I actually spent two hours today watching people show off their sneaker collections. So I love looking at other stuff that people have that I want. So send it over. It's cool that you had no idea you were listening to the show. Uh, but there you go. Now you can talk about the weird stuff you hear me uh, highlights. And uh, I got some weird stuff tonight. Some really weird stuff tonight, actually. Uh, so why don't we just jump right into it, eh? In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. It's ding. my favorite. Ding. Okay. Thankfully, I got a politics free in case you missed it for you today, because Twitter is just overflowing with wholesomeness right now. Let's check it out. It's the tweet of the day. Oh, is that a remix there? What's going we on? Feist it up a little bit. I was just listening Whoa. to some tunes and thought, you know what? The tweet of the day needs a little spice, a little bit added to it. There's nothing like a good bass line on AM radio, though. Got to tell exactly. you. Yeah, very true. Yesterday, I discovered a fantastic Twitter profile that's been active since April 2020. You know, pandemic, right? It's called Room Raider. Now, what does Room Raider do? Well, reporters, obviously, especially in the first half of the pandemic, weren't really reporting live in studio anymore. They were doing it from home. So Room Raider decided, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at hundreds of reports from across North America and give a rating to the backdrop of each reporter's room. So they... <laughs> write reviews of how good your room looks. So, for example, there's some here, 6 out of 10. Your bookshelf is far too high. Your camera is too low. However, the art is well done, and the overall aesthetic of your room is pleasing. Room to improve. There are hundreds, hundreds of these tweets, but the thing that made me smile is that Global National's very own Mike LeCouture, who is the parliamentary correspondent in Ottawa, he got a room review, and it goes like this. Love the art. It's well lit. Excellent depth. Flowers. A Canada pillow for the win. 
Michael Couture gets a 10 out of 10 from Room Raider. And Michael wow. Couture responds by saying, hands down, a career highlight. I love it. It's fantastic. It's at 665 likes right now. Uh, I will not like that. Somebody else can do that uh, to get that number. So there you go. A little bit of wholesomeness. Check out Room Raider if you want to see what uh, reporters' rooms look like from across the country. There's some truly disgusting and truly beautiful rooms (laughs) on there. In fact, honestly, some of these, I'm thinking about modeling my own room in my apartment after some of these because there's some great ideas here. Little trading spaces. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. No kidding. Uh, Now, next up, it was bound to happen. This was going to happen. It's happening today. For the first time ever, I will be highlighting something on TikTok, a trend that's blowing up right now. Good morning. I'm Ryan O'Donnell with today's... TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Breakdown. Nice. Break it down. Okay. Madonna (laughs) throwback. Well done how hard that was to make. I had to find the instrumental, perfectly cut it. Totally worth it, though. I love it. Anyway, this guy on TikTok has gained millions of followers through his production. He's from Montreal, so Canadian. Hell yeah. He is a viral meme sensation. His username is Lubalin. Okay? (laughs) A few months ago, he posted a second installment in his internet drama series. How this works is he reads a review or a very weird confrontation that happened on the internet and creates an unbelievable song from the awkward exchange. So the first one, he last week he did a long texts and it was a very long text chain. A lot of these things are kind of, you know, really cringy uh, conversations that you would only see on Facebook, right? Uh, but he, re- he released a new one. And the way I'm going to do this is before you hear the song, because you can't read along with the script as he performs it, I'm going to read you word for word what the script of the the lyrics, technically, of the song, which this is from a uh, a call for help on Facebook. So this is this is what he turned into a song. So let me read it for you. Please help. I'm out of butter. Please drop a stick at the corner of blank and blank between two and four today brackets sunday i don't want to meet people i don't want new friends i just need butter butter (laughs) is important to me okay this is real and unbelievably this is the song that lubalin created please help Right? That's quite amazing. Holy eh? moly. Incredible. I got to see if I can talk to this guy. Uh, how does he do it? Amazing. He's got some great stuff. So it was about time that I highlighted something great on, on TikTok because, yes, there are the cringy, like, people who don't know how to dance and they just put a song on or they show their butt and, you know, it's just uh, great, 
quality content. Not really. This is fantastic. I want more of it. So I make a pledge to you, as I do with my tweets, I will find quality TikToks and bring them to you throughout uh, the shift on In Case You Missed It. I have TikTok, an update for TikTok. you. TikTok, TikTok. That's a great song. Remember that? They, they did Madonna. that in the Get Smart movie? Get mm -hmm. Smart and Justin Timberlake? Yeah. Forgot about that. I thought of it. I was either doing, it was either going to be a Pink Floyd thing with time, but the clocks just sounded too creepy to make an intro with, so Madonna it was. Anyway, earlier in the week, Sir Christopher Gilbert highlighted the plight of Joe the Pigeon. The white pigeon, you may remember, or you may not, it's a, it's a racing pigeon that was found in Australia. However, it had a tag on its leg that made it seem like it was from Oregon. And people believe that this pigeon hitched a ride from a cargo ship and went all the way to Australia. And people were concerned for the bird's safety because Australia has crazy tight quarantine laws for animals, just like they do people. Their quarantine rules are very strict. And there was a very real threat that they were going to kill this pigeon. And uh, in fact, the acting prime minister of Australia, Michael McCormick, responded to Joe with an interesting kind of threat. I'm not aware of Joe's plight or flight or future. Um, happy to look into it and get back to you. Good luck, Joe. But if Joe has come uh, in, in a way that uh, has not uh, met our strict biosecurity measures, then uh, bad luck, Joe. Either fly home or face the consequences. <laughs> that is a threat. That man wants to kill that pigeon. There's just <laughs> something you can hear it. Well, fortunately, he cannot kill that pigeon because we have good news. Australia's Department of Agriculture has confirmed that Joe is not from Oregon. The Melbourne local who found him, Kevin Cayley Bird, discovered the exhausted bird in his backyard back on Boxing Day, right? Well, they found the tag. They studied it for a bit. The American Racing Pigeon Union, which is a real thing, looked into wow. the tag. They did in Australia, too. And yes, the tag on the bird is not genuine. So therefore, this pigeon is from Australia. What makes what blows my mind is who the hell was like, you know what I want to do today? I want to put a fake Oregon racing pigeon tag on a pigeon and let it loose in Australia. Do you think this person had the intention of watching the entire world want this pigeon to live? I, I don't know. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Joe is don't have a job. No, saying. clearly. Or it was a mistake. I don't know. It's weird. Regardless, it happened. Here we are. Joe is alive and well. He will be alive and well. Fun fact: the, the Joe, the bird is white, and they named the the it after Joe Biden. So it's Joe the Joe Biden the pigeon. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Timely. Timely. Very timely. Uh, next up, this is an interesting one for uh, you gamers out there. Have you ever played a video game, past, present, and witnessed the non-playable characters or NPCs doing something really stupid? Like you're playing Grand Theft Auto, for example. You're driving along, and then you see some random car in front of you stop and come head on to you or drive off a bridge. Or you see the characters start randomly punching each other. You know, sometimes just the the actual characters themselves have no idea what to do well that's just coding and when you have thousands of non-playable characters in a game some things are gonna you know go through the cracks but a patent filed by take two interactive details a new rockstar developed system for managing npc navigation 
and specifically towards vehicle driving. So according to IGN, the system means that each NPC can define its own specific characteristics for traversing the road. Acceleration, braking, time distances, top speeds, cornering. This means that the NPCs can act like a racer in Need for Speed. I've always wanted something like this because I'll play Grand Theft Auto and I'll say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop at a red light. I'm going to actually behave the traffic laws and see what happens. And then I'll stop at a red light and then an NPC will just drive into the back of my car or honk at me at a red light. So now that could change. But who knows? It's possible that the Grand Theft Auto NPCs will start becoming sentient like Ryan Reynolds in the upcoming movie Free Guy where he plays a guy whose name is Guy, a bank teller huh. in a video game who then realizes that he can be more than just a non-playable character. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Everybody down on the ground! Hey, bud, you ever think that there's got to be more? More than what? The stuff we do day after day. Being shot at? Run over? Taken hostage? Everybody's down on the ground! Today's gonna be different. Hi. God, this isn't you. You don't do this, man. Maybe I do. Dude, this is scary. He's just resting. In pieces. That man is dead. He's so sleepy. So sleepy. Whoa. I'm very excited for that movie. Uh, honestly, can you imagine playing Grand Theft Auto? You know, you're doing a bank heist mission, and then all of a sudden, the bank teller pulls out a shotgun and holds you hostage in your own robbery. Just the absurdity of it. I want it. Somebody should make a mod of that. Imagine your family, your favorite video game, and all of a sudden the characters do something they're not supposed to do. Who knows? The program that is being patented and looked at, it is possible, it's not confirmed, it's possible that it could be new software for the highly anticipated, nobody, we would like an answer, please, Rockstar, Grand Theft Auto 6, which... Grand Theft Auto 5 came out in 2013. It's been re-released way too many times. Give us a new thing, Rockstar. Uh, as for the movie, the movie's coming out in March, and I'm very excited for it. Hopefully be able to see in theaters. Fingers crossed. Speaking of theaters, a quick shout-out before we go on in case you missed it. The TV uh, Critics' Choice Awards have been announced. The uh, There's been some pretty crazy amounts of, of hype for The Crown and The Queen's uh, Gambit, but Shit's Creek is flooding it up. They uh, swept the Emmys in the ca comedy category last September. They got five nominations at the Critics' Choice Awards. And cool. a funny story about Sh uh, Schitt's Creek, I saw Drag Race Canada live this summer at a drive-in. You know, you stay in your car yes. and they do drag on a stage. It was amazing. And right as the show ended, uh, Brooklyn Heights, who was hosting the whole thing, she leaves stage and then runs back on stage and just screams, Shit's Creek just swept the Emmys. Everybody hog. And then like a hundred people <laughs> all honked at the same time. So there you go. Shout out to Canada. Great television. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a good time. Great Canadian kid, that Brooklyn Heights. Great Canadian kid. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.